Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey friends, welcome to another edition of the Tennis and Miggles podcast. This is your host, Funch, and joining me today is uh, my fellow host of the Ego and Carlos Tennis Show. Uh, as the Tennis and Bagels listeners will all know, his name is Damien. Um, and uh, yeah, we're both pretty excited to break down the men's draw. But uh, Damien, how are you doing? Uh, just two days left and then Wimbledon's just around the corner. So Yeah, probably going to do a few of these uh, draw previews, you know, here and there. But this is actually the first one. So this is where I'm still excited to talk about it. You know, in two days, I'm going to be like repeating the same thoughts all over again. Right now, I'm still very excited. I still haven't, like, I, I looked through the draw mostly, but I guess I haven't, you know, spent that much time thinking about it. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty fresh. It's going to be exciting. Um, pro- you know, it, It's one of the best um, weeks of the year, for sure. The, the first one, especially of Wimbledon. So I am, I am super uh, pumped for it. Yeah, same here. And I especially, I love that it was uh, streamed live on YouTube. And, you know, they, they used to do it earlier on radio. And, you know, that was a good option if you're driving or you're in the car and you can just kind of listen as they're breaking it down live. But I like that it's now live streamed. And well, obviously, I love that yeah. how the qualifying is done and then we don't have to, you know, think about, okay, what are who are the qualifiers? Where will they be played? Same with the lucky losers. So that's great that we have all of that. And we have two days to, like, really digest it and, uh, you know, think very hard about about how it's going to unfold and predict and all of that. So I love doing that. But anyway, let's just dive right deep into this. We'll look at the men's draw here. Um, and I'm actually going to share my screen so the people on YouTube can follow along as well. And uh, we shall get this party started. As you can see here is the Wimbledon draw. Uh and we'll we'll start with the first sec- we'll start with the top half the first section we'll start with Carlos Alcaraz's section. Um, what do you think about overall big picture sort of draw for for Carlos and who are some names here that you could see that could you know maybe be you have some upsets or, or first round matches you're looking for popcorn matches what stands out? Um, pretty nice. I mean, are are we talking about the whole quarter or um or just the first section? I guess. Let's focus on the first section. Oh, okay. The, the first section. I mean, I, I think it's pretty good for Alcaraz here. Like, the minor, of course, he played them in the final at Queens. Doesn't seem like, you know, anything extraordinary can happen in this matchup. Um, if they if they get to face each other again. Zverev on grass has never been that excellent. Um, yeah, when it comes to such, I mean, threats to Alcaraz here. Shardy is just a straight-up free win, probably, at this point. Um, you can kind of see that this comeback from, from the Frenchman has not been... Uh, maybe ultra serious, especially when it comes to singles. And yeah, Rinderneck, of course, pushed Alcaraz and Queens, but ever since, we've actually seen, I mean, just just such a complete and drastic improvement in, in like, 
Karaz's grass court movement in Karaz's grass court game. So I don't think this is going to be this close again if they if they play. It looks likely that they will play. I mean, I've never seen Alexander Miller play on grass, I think, and um, it doesn't really seem like he would be that great on it. Um, I, I know people will be looking at, like, Nicolas Jari. Um, big serve can always be dangerous on grass, right? But at the same time, um, his ground game, I think, is definitely better suited to clay. Uh, he's definitely yeah. more consistent, just more steady when he has that higher bounce, when he has more time on the ball. Maybe Ugumber, um, we could be looking at him, but honestly, I was just really disappointed with this loss that he had recently to Paniston in Queens. Like, ah, I, even last year, right? When he was in such, uh, like, mentally, he was a wreck. He was a wreck also game-wise, and then he still goes to Wimbledon and reaches the third round. So I think it's very possible that he does it. You know, he's definitely in much better form right now, but I, ju I just thought he was going to be you know, such a force throughout the grass season, and he kind of wasn't. Um, other guys who are probably going to be dangerous, like Watanuki, if he plays Alcaraz, I would love to see that matchup. Then again, you know, for someone like Watanuki to actually get to the fourth round uh, with such an inconsistent playstyle as well. You know, but that that could be, I think, the popcorn matchup of this section. Zverev, um, Watanuki in the second round, if they actually meet. It looks kind of likely. However, Watanuki, Yesler, that's like a 50-50. And of course, Berrettini, but yeah, just, just what we've seen recently, I don't think he's a factor here. So overall, I would say this is a very nice section for Alcaraz. I would be pretty pretty shocked if he didn't make it to the quarters. Yeah, I I thought largely the same. I also like that he sort of has Shardy before Rinderdash because I think yeah. um, play style-wise, I think there there's some similarities there in the serve and forehand and just, you know, both like to come forward, use the slice. They like to basically charge the net on anything short and Shardy is nowhere near the level that he was at pre his pre these injuries that you see. That's why he has a protector ranking. But uh, nonetheless, I think that experience from Queens and the grass will still be a little bit slippery. So maybe Alcaraz might struggle a little bit with his his footing just the first couple of days when the grass is still green. But I think you know the way he handled it at Queens and how he was able to come out on top and this being best of five only helps him. So I like I definitely you know see that. See him getting to the third round actually quite comfortably. Maybe maybe he drops a set in the first couple of rounds, maybe one or two. But I just I don't not really seeing much upset potential. But then you know, and then I think Ugo Umber is the is the interesting one. Umber or Yari, I wonder who's going to really come out of that section. Uh, same with same with Kugler. I guess you can't really sleep on him too because he he got to the fourth round last year as well. Um, but what well, yeah, it's, it's, it's before the. Uh, when, just before Wimbledon, he won Ilkley, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, this Zverev section is fascinating too because, I mean, I think even Hustler beat Zverev at Davis Cup. That was when he was just coming back from the injury and that was, uh, you know, I think just, just after the Australian Open. So obviously Zverev is in much better form now. But, yeah, I don't know if Zverev's game works very well on the grass just because I don't think he likes the low bounce very much. And uh, even though he's made a couple of Haller finals and he's starting to play a little bit better since Rome, I just, I don't know if he's like ready and ready to actually get to the fourth round and challenge Alcaraz. And there's also David Noor, who I actually rate pretty highly on grass. Um, and I think he's, you know, borderline top 10 player on grass for sure. So uh, it's somewhere in the 10 to 12 range if I was doing a grass rankings only, I would say. But a um, little high, little high for me. I was just really disappointed last year, right? When he lost to Garin from two sets to a up. Like that felt like such a chance. But I, I can understand it. Like top 15-ish is fine for me as well. So, 
Yeah, like, like, like in a sense, you'd be surprised if he got past the quarters. Yeah, and definitely for sure, right? And you would be, you'd, you'd be like, okay, fourth round is like where he would, he would get, I would think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right about last year. That, that was so disappointing that he didn't get to play Kyrgios in the quarters. He was two sets to love up. He had a couple of match points as well. It seemed like, yeah, kind of a wasted chance. But, anyways, and and then also the question mark also in the section is Berrettini. Of course, he played Sardigo when he just came back and he didn't look ready at all. Uh, so do we do you potentially see anything different this time around? I mean, I just don't think he's going to be a factor long term. Like he might beat Sonego. I don't know how he's going to look. Who knows, right? No one really does except for him and his team, I guess. But I, I just don't think he's going to be a factor if he has to play Sonego, Demino, or let's say Zverev gets through, or maybe even Watanuki or Hisler. Um, yeah, I just don't think he's even getting to the forefront here. Also, I just realized it would be kind of interesting if Umber actually got to the third round. And mm-hmm. I think because Shardy is coaching him, right? Is that still the yeah. thing? That's so... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Like over the past year or so, I think. So yeah, Alcaraz could play both coach and pupil within the first three rounds. But, you know, that's... for Umber still has to get to the third round for that to happen. But I think uh, overall, I think we both have Alcaraz coming through. So I guess we can move to the sec- second section in the top half. Which, of course, uh, the name that stands out here is obviously is Tiafo, because just because he came off of that title, he's now a top ten player, number ten seed. Uh, what do you think about his section here with Dimitrov and well, also Popperin, who we can't underestimate, and uh, and also you, you know you being wooed even in the first round is not super easy. I think it's insanely tough. Um, honestly, like I, I definitely thought that TFO was going to be, I don't know if a dark horse at Wimbledon, but like someone who can easily make the fourth round quarters. Right now, looking at this section, it's going to be really tough. Like if you have to play Wu, uh, then I think even Striker would be maybe more dangerous than Popperin and Dimitrov to get to the fourth round. That's a nightmare. So yeah, I'm, I'm not so confident at all, at all anymore in, in, in TFO getting far, but that's just mostly because he has such a tough section and especially these four players that we have here. Tiafo, Striker, Popirin, all of them, you know, insanely high ceilings. All of them on the day can be basically unplayable. Uh, Striker had that um, grandstand debut, of course, at Ron Garros, which is kind of poor against Tommy Paul. Like, he didn't really threaten at all. On grass, he should be better. And, like, his qualifying ground was just absolute class. No moments of doubt whatsoever, which is something that Striker kind of has gotten us used to. So I, th- I think he'll be- he's going to be really dangerous here as well. And yeah, Dimitrov um, probably going to get the third round playing Shimabukuro and Rivashkor Korya. So I think all of these guys really can, can travel TFO. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of these cases where the draw actually changes my perception of, of the player and his chances a lot here. Yeah, um, it's a tougher draw than he probably would have wanted. That being said... Um... The bottom section, obviously, we have another rematch between Fokina and Feast. They played each other in the first round of Roland Garros as well. But um, mainly, I guess, the name here is Holger Rune. Uh, on grass, obviously, you know, he picked up three decent-ish wins in Queens and then went out to Divinor in the semis. But do you think, you know, what, what do you think about his grass chances, particularly best of five, so early in his career? Because I don't doubt that in the next year or two, he'll certainly be more of a yeah. factor, but I don't know if he's quite ready. This year around, especially, and I still have some question marks about a uh, few areas of his game that, you know, mostly is mostly his game is very well-rounded and we've seen how he can play so many different play styles just within the same match. But 
I wonder if on grass, uh, he's maybe not found the right balance yet between defense and offense. And same with his forehand as well, because that dopey high forehand that he was hitting down the line to, you know, sit, you know, set up the backhand and just uh, construct points. It's a little bit different on on grass where you have to have more of an offensive mindset. And he certainly has that, like when he played indoors, for example, last year, and he beefed up the serve big time. And I've seen him just crush balls and in, in, in practice when he's just hitting and he posts those videos on Twitter and stuff like that. But I wonder, I wonder if when the actual matches, if we're going to see a lot more of those ups and downs, it may not actually be, he may not just be ready mentally and physically to do it this time. Maybe grass actually helps, you know, the, the, the matches are going to be less physical. They're, they are going to be faster paced. Maybe that's a, for him. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as, as you said, you know, he can play it all. He, he really is just so complete. Um, definitely some of the, some of the things that I've enjoyed the most watching him over the years was, yeah, how he added that attacking element to it, um, compared to the junior times. And as he said, the serve was just incredible in, um, in the indoor season, it's probably going to be great here as well. Do I think that, you know, in order for him to win at Wimbledon, there's going to be like a few more years or at least, you know, a few more good events? Yes. Uh, but, you know, he's absolutely capable of going deep here. However, it's yeah. it, it, it's not an easy section either. Um, either one of Davidovich, Pokina, Fils, Zizhen, Zhang, even, you know, he had a pretty decent run in Eastburn. They can be dangerous. And I actually and think he's going to be in... Oh, and mine is Arnaldi. I actually think he's going to be in uh, in a lot of trouble in, against Arnaldi in, in the second round. Um, Arnaldi, you know, he's, he's also done so well to adapt to the grass very quickly. He has that amazing serve as well, which um, you know maybe wasn't really talked about uh, in the clay season, but it, it, it's going to make um, a big appearance in, in, in on the grass and on the hard courts. I think I still don't think that. Uh, I like I still think on he's uh, at his best on clay. However, like it, it really raises his ceiling to have these sort of weapons on on grass or yeah indoors, and yeah, I just think Arnaldi would be really really tough for Rune here. I don't know if he's gonna beat him, you know, but um, that's that's a, a, a good early test, I think. So this section, like in general, you know, from Tier Four to to Rune, I think it's extremely tough, and um, yeah, very 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 hard to predict who actually comes out of this. Interesting. I look I look forward to seeing Arnaldi on glass grass because I haven't had the chance in qualies to watch him really yet. On, I've seen him a lot on clay, but um, you know, yeah, that's... he survived a, a, a very tough one against Shang in the opening round. Like that was, it was some, two of the best players in the qualifying, I think, meeting in the opening round, which was yeah. crazy. And uh, after that, he was just, you know, business mode, nothing really um, that could have happened to him. But also the, the other like the other parts of that section weren't that strong, but certainly uh, like an amazing match in the opening round against Chang. And yeah, I guess who's your pick to come out of this section if you just had to predict? Um, um, let's maybe like go for something um a little off the board. Let's say Dimitrov, just because he has pretty easy couple of rounds, and you know I just like my chances with this. Uh, but yeah, it could be like five, six players at least here, I think. Interesting. I don't hate the pick. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know how I feel about Dimitrov crossing that third round hurdle again. I mean, I, I know, you know, it's the bigger matches have been sort of a, been a bit, a bit of a mental roadblock for him, particularly against top 10 players. And I guess most of his losses actually this year haven't been bad. It's been mostly, you know, Alcaraz yeah. like twice, Djokovic a couple of times. Uh, you know, like basically all top ten guys like Sitsipas and 
actually beat Fritz also in Geneva, but I think I think uh, because his first two rounds are much kinder than Tiafo, I don't hate it. Uh, certainly could could pull it off, and also like we were seeing with Bruna and his section with Fukina, I would love to see Davidovich Fukina get to the third round actually and face Bruna because I think he also has a pretty high ceiling, but I just don't know, you know, where if it, I don't I, I don't know, especially on grass, I don't know, I don't really see him, you know, winning very comfortably in the first two rounds. So I uh, I think I will just. This might be a little bit of American bias. No, not really. I mean, I I, I do like Tiafo on grass. I just really, I just think it's, it it accentuates its strengths quite a lot, like the net rushing, and I just think, uh, you know, he's he he he's shown good results here at Wimbledon in the past, and I think uh, he's just much much more focused, locked in. Like, you know, I think having been to the U.S. Open semis, having won a title now on all three surfaces, I'm just I'm just going to back Tiafo here. I think he I think he can get to the quarters and chase Alcaraz. Oh yeah, and I also just love his slice also on this on this surface, and bring players forward and uh, yeah, the flat backhand and yeah, those drop volleys and so and of course he's beefed up the serve you know a lot since the U.S. Open as well, like hitting consistently one thirties. Yeah, certainly doesn't mind the big the big matches, but I do wonder sort of in the early stages. Yeah, these first two rounds are a bit scary. But uh, yeah, now we go to the Medvedev section. How are you feeling in general just about Medvedev on? On grass, because uh, you know, so far it has it's been a little underwhelming since Rome overall. Uh, but you know, do you see potentially that turning around at Wimbledon three out of five? You know, with the return position, that kind of worries me a little bit. And he can't play as much defense on this surface as you know maybe he can on hard courts, and he'll be just fine and you know be pretty tough to beat for most players. But I do wonder if. This section, this draw also doesn't look easy at all. Yeah, I used to think that Medvedev was going to win like a couple of Wimbledons. Right now, it's not looking that likely, but you know, he also lost the 2020 season. He uh, lost the 2022 Wimbledon, where he would have been like one of the contenders. Perhaps, of course, Djokovic was still going to be too strong, but um, you know, he would be um, up there with, with some of these guys that we were giving a, a, ch a chance to at least. Uh, but yeah, this is such a, this is just a nightmare, you know, facing Manarino again. Um, in general, if you're looking at his grass season, he lost to Manarino, Bautista, good. All these guys that he's always struggled against, fellow flat hitters, yeah, just keeping the ball low, um, making him play, like making him actually come up with his own pace. Uh, it, it's rough for him. Uh, perhaps Manarino even more so than Bautista, good. You no, know, Manarino is just, in general, such a wizard and such a nightmare to play against. Uh, just keep makes you uncomfortable all the time, and uh, you know it's gonna be a struggle. You know it's gonna be a long match. You know it's not gonna be easy for Medvedev if he comes through it. It it doesn't actually get easier. You know, Fuchovic or Grigspor. Grigspor has just won a warm-up event, then also did well in Halle. Obviously, a big game on the grass, and Fuchovic with the with the backhand slice. He also has an excellent set of tools that um, that can actually disrupt Medvedev. So. Uh, it's gonna be a real struggle, and I think uh, this draw like severely um, hampers Medvedev's chances at winning Wimbledon this year, at least. Um, right now, I think you know he's still probably the third favorite, but like the gap between him and Alcaraz is pretty huge. Yes, and you can see that in the odds as well, and I think they got that right. Yeah, in terms of the gap between uh, between Alcaraz and Medvedev. And you're right. Like uh, unless you know Giron gets to the third round or something, then I could maybe see it being 
easier for Medvedev, but I don't. They played at Rangaros, right, or somewhere very recently, I think. I think it was Hala. Uh, no, not Rangaros, because of course Medvedev lost in um, lost in the opening round. But yeah, they yeah. played very recently. It was, yeah. it was pretty comfortable. Oh, um, Australian Open as well, I think. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a straight set route. Yeah, like free games or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone thought he's looking so good, and then you know, comes Corda. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I certainly could see him struggle a lot against Manorino, and even though Manorino might be tired this week, you know, having gone pretty deep, he's actually playing, I think, in the second semifinal right now. Yeah. Um, against Hoffman, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, over three out of five, you would think Medvedev would figure it out the same way he kind of figured out Struff in 2021. After losing to him in Hala, that was kind of a tight force at Med, but but yeah, like the matchup itself is is really huh, brutal for Medvedev, especially with those uh, pace absorbing ground strokes and just uh, no one really plays like Manorino on grass, um, or, or on the tour, in, really in general. Yeah, just just in general. Just in general, like, but, yeah. yeah. But uh, but 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 yeah, I mean, what do you think about Tommy Paul's chances? Because I'm actually liking Cerno quite a bit on the grass as well with the forehand. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, he plays Mochizuki, who I think he should be handling. You know, Mochizuki is only really um, like dangerous if you just let him use that fuel for the ball, but he can be so easily overpowered. Raonic, we'll see. You know, he withdrew from his last event, right, from Queens. So um, tough, like tough to know where he's going to be. The level that he showed in Hertogenbosch, he could be a threat here. Maybe not necessarily to like win the quarter, but at least to, you know, to beat Tommy Paul, to beat Denis Novak. Like the rest of the section, the bottom part of this section is is really not that strong. There's a lot of options for guys like Ofner. Um, well, maybe actually Ofner will be a, a very dangerous guy again, like at the French. I don't think his draw is as good as it was at the French, where it basically felt like he needs to get to the forefront. Here, definitely not. But yeah, I, I think there's definitely a few threats to to Tommy Paul. He is up there. Um, but I would assume that if Medvedev is, uh, is actually able to get through uh, Manarino and Pujovic or Griekspor, then he's probably going to make the quarters as well. However, if he loses to one of these guys, then we kind of have, you know, pandemonium here and uh, no one really knows what happens anymore. But yeah, Tommy Paul very easily could be the guy to pick up the pieces if that happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paul is starting to look a little bit better this week. Didn't have a good clay season at all. Uh, hasn't looked great since it's Miami, but I also think that Clay hurts his game a little bit compared to the grass. He can do a little bit. He can. He's similar to Tiafo in the way that he likes to rush forward, and uh, obviously he's a good athlete and one of the best movers. And he's got the the flat backhand as well. The forehand is a little hit or miss, but we'll see how it how it holds up, I guess. And with this kind of a draw, any chance for Milos Raonic to do something really big? Uh, I, I mean, I have concerns that he didn't. He had a shoulder issue and wasn't really able to play anymore after the first week. Possible, and yeah, just let's see how he looks with the form that he showed in Togenbosch. He could easily beat Denis Novak and Tommy Paul, right? Yeah, I don't think he would be a like um, you know a big favorite to make the quarters or something. But yeah, winning a few rounds just with the form that he showed earlier. But yeah, let's see how he's um, looking physically. That's the that's the main issue here. I do also like Lahechka in general on fast, slow bouncing courts. Uh-huh. Um, so he might be able to pick up the pieces if Sorondo is feeling a bit of fatigue after this week. 
Um, I, I guess I see off there as like a pretty sizable favorite against the Hedgeka. Just, you know, the last few months from the Hedgeka have been, um, yeah, just yeah. back to being very up and down and mediocre. Um, not necessarily the Australia stuff, but yeah, of course, I mean, he's a guy who likes playing in the forecourt right now. Uh, maybe in the past he actually didn't, but right now he does, and I think this um, really helps him on grass potentially. He has not had a good warm-up, right, but uh, I mean, a good warm-up swing, but uh, maybe it doesn't really matter. You mean the Hedgeka or Oscar in terms of the warm-up? Well, I was talking about the Hedgeka, but like, it, well, actually, maybe it wasn't that bad. He lost to Tiafoe and Alcaraz, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he basically got some a, a couple of pretty tough draws, so maybe it's like maybe it's actually not as bad as it looks. Yeah, I thought for sure that Struff would beat him in the first round of Roman Garros, but you know that didn't. He lost in five there, but but then he didn't really back it up. But yeah, yeah, I think at all, right? I think this section is actually could be quite open, especially when Medvedev on the first two rounds. Yeah, if Medvedev loses and anything can happen, he really so. Yeah. So if you're predicting, would you still predict Medvedev to get out of this quarter? Um, or are you feeling a bit bold for? Probably not. Actually, um, let's say that maybe, but but yeah, then again, who should I pick? Fuchovic, Griekspor, Malarino. Um, let's say Talon Griekspor does it. Um, I don't know. Let Let's do it. Yeah, basically, if Medvedev loses, it could be eight guys or, or so. So, yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, no, and you're right about the second and third round because those are total bananas against this one is Danilo's hard. Uh, I was debating about going with Serdul, but after this week, I really don't know. <laughs> But uh, I don't feel great about Paul, and I feel less confident about Medvedev than I did before the draw came out. So, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but I don't I you know I like the Green Sport pick a lot, especially this recent form. I, I'm gonna say say it like this: I'm picking the winner of Fuchovic Greek Sport. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be quite big for Fuchovic to get to the quarters again. Yeah, after 2021. Uh, I'll be boring. I'll just go with Medvedev. I'll go with the, the favorite, although not by much, but yeah. Um, I guess if we look at this this Nori Sitsipas section, I mean, this is the one that probably when the when the draw first came out, this is the one that got the most gaps, gasps from people just, uh, you know, because of the bottom section with the Murray team and Sitsipas. Yeah. So, but yeah, I can I can imagine you're probably like, eh, I'm not so interested in that, you know. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I I really am. Uh like, you know, teen Sitsibas, do you really want to watch this on grass? Like even at their peak, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I know that they've just played an, a pretty incredible match in Madrid, but yeah, I just don't think yeah. it will be that interesting. Sitsipas Mare, uh that could be good because I just think Mare has an excellent chance of winning this. In general, it looks like a section that Sitsipas will not survive. Um he had some decent grass results in the past. I know that. But there are definitely a number of issues that he has, you know, of course, with the backhand, especially with the return, with the slice, with the fact that he doesn't have enough time on it. And, like, it, it's just really tough for me to imagine him beating Mare, then, uh, let's say, Shelton or Cressy, either of these guys, really. And then, you know, probably Korda, I would say. Um, like, yeah, like, 
I don't think he's beating all of these guys in a row, especially after the warm-up season that he's had. Because last year at Wimbledon, actually, I think if he beat Kyrgios with the way the draw kind of, you know, um, with the way the tournament kind of got a lot more open in the um, in the bottom half, uh, I think he probably could have had a very deep run at um, uh, at Wimbledon last year. However, uh, yeah, I just think uh, 12 months later, it's not exactly the same. And this draw just looks insanely tough for him. So, um, yeah, I think this is a very open section as well. Like, the, the seeds are pretty fragile, so. Yeah, I totally agree about Tsitsipas in general. I think I'd, I'd, I'd even make Murray the favorite if he got through the fourth yeah, round. Yeah, me too, me too. And and I think this is actually a great chance for Murray to get to the fourth round for the first time in six years. That was one big takeaway that I had. And then, because I just feel like if he plays against Cressy and Shelton, I like him in that too. Especially if he's not wasted so much energy in the first couple mm-hmm. of rounds. I could see that just being, you know, actually more or less straightforward if he, you know, unless Austin John is there something last week, like right? Isner, yeah, I was going to say yeah. unless Cressy has like some kind of a serving day like Isner, but I just, you know, at least with Isner, you could see that, okay, maybe there's still some signs. It's not like he was losing a lot of matches coming in, but with Cressy, I just feel like he has no momentum. But then again, you kind of throw yeah. that out the window when it's, <laughs> when it's Cressy on grass. So you could kind of go either way, but I just... Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Shelton being seated, I think it's his first round is winnable maybe against Daniel, but I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he went out early as well. But I mean, Shelton Cressy is like a 50 50. Uh, you know, they're just going to serve and um, you're going to have to see whether, yeah, you're going to have to see whether this guy takes the break points or this guy takes the break points. Uh, but yeah, both of these guys, I think, could be dangerous to Murray. However, I, I totally see what you mean. Like, he, he is actually. Disregard the Isner loss, but he's actually excellent at playing all of these big servers. Yeah. Obviously, like historically, he's had amazing records against I think them. That was his first ever loss to one of the you know tall. Um, third like if we're talking about Karlovic, um, Op- uh, Opelka, and Isner, then probably. I mean, he's lost to guys like Raonic in the past, but you know that's you know, he has a he has a baseline game actually. Yes. But yeah, like I I I, I like him against all of these big like all of these big servers even right now because I know this is something that probably declined for him a bit after the you know all the injuries the um, uh, he resurfacing, but. Definitely, I don't know, just a very recent example that the challenger that he won against Rodionov in the final, you know, all week no one seems to be able to even touch Rodionov's serve. And then in the final, Murray just, you know, it's just so routine for him and that he does it a lot. So, so yeah, I, I would like his chances against guys like Shelton Cressy as well. Uh, more, so, more more so than Tsitsipas' chances, definitely. Yeah, you know, and I say this all the time. The, it's funny you brought up last year's Wimbledon, but I think there's two what-ifs for Tsitsipas in his career right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the 2021, that's the 2020 U.S. Open. And okay. that's last Chorich? Is that, is, that, is that Chorich? The Chorich one, Six yeah. match points, yeah. Because I felt like, you know, had he got through that match, he would have gone, he could have had a really deep run there. And then same same with Wimbledon, just because of the Nadal withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so just, you know, that he was going to play, what, Nakashima in the fourth round and Garin in the quarter. Nakashima I mean, got to get to the, the series. Yeah. get better. Or Setsipas set on grass. Yeah. And that, and... So. And he was playing pretty well as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Like that, that, that match against Kyrgyz with high quality. I just don't think he can sort of repeat this level right now. I know, yeah. So I mean, we, we could have been looking at a guy with, you know, having made the final of all four slams already, which is kind of insane when you still think he's... He's got those issues in his game, but... Uh, it was still pretty but, far at the US, I would say. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But I just think, you know, just the way that draw was looking and just, you know, how nervous Zverev and team were and just that he would have had Thompson in the fourth round and he would have had, you know, it was certainly an opportunity miss. That's, let's put it that way. And just how shaky Zverev was early in that tournament as well and almost went out yeah. to Chorich and just how, how much in general he likes that matchup. So, you know... Yeah, and then semifinals would have been Karenio Busta. But yeah, you know, I mean, this is all just what if right now. But I guess uh, if we look at the Nori Corda uh, section, because I cried away when I saw this. I'm like, you know, if Corda is healthy and if he's in the kind of form he was in in January, and honestly, even if even if he plays like how he does in Queens and the body holds up, this is a very good opportunity to make a semis. I have to agree. And I will already spoil that this is definitely my quarterfinal peak, Sebastian Corda here. I have uh, yeah. my semis just because like like you know, yeah, I have a little I do too. The concern is the best thing in the first round because that can you know that yeah. can get very tricky and then same with Nori in the third round. But I, but in general I just don't like the way Nori's been playing since the start of the clay court season. I think he's like I think he's like has two wins against top fifty players or something like that. And since uh, like his his confidence is not what it was that season. It's Rio, yeah. Um, no, I I am basically more concerned about about Korda against like Vesely or Medvedevich just because you know they're gonna serve like they always do and it could be tricky. And yeah. then I actually think he would be a very big favorite for me against Nori at this point in time. I'm not really sure Nori even gets through Mahachi Eubanks. Yeah, he just he's yes. just not been convincing at all. And yeah, Korda just looks like a very good pick here for me. I I would also have him in the in the semis. Like I haven't done any full tournament predictions. But if if you know, I remember what what happened in the in the last quarter, and like the fact that I don't think Medvedev is gonna make it, or at least think that it's likely that he's not gonna make it, then yeah, Korda would be my semifinalist, and this is maybe just all based on well, an event, right? Because we haven't really gotten any other signs that you know he's back to that January level, but it was something reminiscent of that, and um, yeah, Sebastian Korda playing like that. He's like a top 10-ish player. So, yeah, I, I, I totally see it. Yeah, no, I, I actually thought, you know, in January, I was like, he's going to be top 10 by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, now that's probably not going to happen. Everyone did. So, Everyone did, I think. Because of the, you know, the wrist injury. But I, and I also just like the matchup in general against Nori because, you know, the, his two-handed backhand can really rush that forehand wing and also just... And on grass, especially... Um, yeah, and the low bounce doesn't bother him at all, and you can, you know, it, it looks so effortless, and yeah, I just, that's a really good pick. I mean, I, I have the same, basically, 
in the semis. I don't really think it's a hot take. Yeah. Uh, especially since he was literally a couple points away from the quarters two years ago. And he's just so much better than he was then. But uh, yeah, so now we go to the bottom half. And uh, we have Sinner and Fritz. And I guess, uh, yeah, we can, t- we can talk a little bit about this section. But what do you think about Sinner's prospect coming into the the grass season? And then you see his draw because like he hasn't been he hasn't been very convincing since Monte Carlo Sinner. But, uh, but also he wasn't that convincing in the early part of the grass season last year as well. And then, of course, then he went on on a run to set some up on Djokovic beat Alcaraz in the fourth round. But here, I just like his draw quite a lot. And the chances of something like an Altmaier thing happening again looks pretty slim when you look at these names. Well, there's Altmaier here yes. in, this, in this very set. But I mean, a similar type of... Up- I know, I know. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, his season kind of fell apart, um, like after Monte Carlo, I guess. Uh, not that it's terrible or anything. It's just not really what it was in the first four months when he was looking like a top five player. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just hard to find the potential banana skin here. I don't think it's it's Juan Manuel Serundolo. Um, if it was Fran, for sure. Ketsvalovic, <laughs> Schwartzman, not really. Nolan Grass, at least. No. Um, Vukic, big serve, but I don't think in the long run he can really trouble Sinner. Maybe Quentin Wallis, but I don't like the fact that uh, he played Lyon and Bois instead of the grass this year. Like I, I just don't think it's. I know he won one of these events. Yeah. Um. He won. He won Blois, I think. Um. And and lost in the opening round in Lyon, but I just don't think you know in the long run this is really something he should be doing. I can't understand it either because he was actually pretty good on the um, you know, during the grass season last year. Dan Evans, he's kind of like had. Like he's had his chances to go deep at Wimbledon many, many times, and never actually took it. This is our. This is also a pretty weird season for him, with just a couple of good results, but otherwise it's it's been dire. So yeah, it's it's a really good draw for Sinner, even if his grass season is kind of weird. He also retired in um you know to public, so we'll see how his health is. That's again pretty important, but yeah, the chances of something like Altmaier happening here kind of slim and then you you kind of have to like his chances to just get to the forefront yeah yeah and then of course uh you know for fritz is that a concerning first round <laughs> against um only the first round is concerning i think like similarly to sinner this is a very nice draw for him i don't think fritz is actually as strong as he was last year no, um, going into wimbledon definitely not i also don't think grass is actually that good for him um yeah um, kind of counterintuitively maybe. However, yeah, just looking at this draw, it looks like it could be just very easily be a Sinner Fritz fourth round, which would be a cracker, and I would love to see it, of course. Yeah. Their Indian Wells match was very good. Actually, both times they played it in Indian Wells. Oh, yeah. It was a super fun watch, and the ball strike, two of the best ball strikers just the outfall wings. But I think, uh, I think, yeah, I, mean, I have to agree. I can't really for much with anything you said especially because the the first round is a tricky one but uh, yeah and, and I totally agree about last year as well because he won eSport and he actually beat some very good players along the way and he looked very very good in his first four rounds at Wimbledon last year and I just don't think he's anywhere near really because similar to Sinner as well like his clay season I think we talked about it before it was a little bit subpar than what we originally had since you know since Monte Carlo for both these guys it's not been smooth sailing but uh, yeah, and then I mean, Hoffman is certainly a guy I also like a little bit more on clay, but also on grass. 
it can be quite dangerous too with the big serve and he likes to come forward and actually I like his drop shot quite a lot too on the surface and he's just he's just mixing things up a lot better and you know just super confident right now but if he gets through that then then yeah I could easily see Sinner versus Fritz and I actually would pick Sinner in that match I have to but see how they close. play yeah I have to see how they yeah, play for sure yeah I have to see how they do until that match but um like right now, if they were to play tomorrow, I would probably pick Sinner as well. But that's kind of weird as well, you know, just because he was injured in his last, you know, the last time we saw him. So, uh, but yeah, very good draws for both, I think. And yeah, I mean, I, I saw Gil Gross make this point about neither of them having a backhand slice, and um, yeah, that could be, you know, especially I think that's more damaging for Fritz, particularly on the surface, you know, just because at least Sinner has the sliding. Open sense backhand, and at least he's a little bit just more comfortable moving and changing directions. Whereas Fritz is, this is a lot more awkward, especially if you get it really low, you know, below his strike zone, or you just, you know, even just defending on that wing, it's a, it's a lot harder for Fritz just to have that raw baseline power that he would. Especially Indian Wells, I love slower. Sometimes a slower hard court is the best for Fritz because he loves to hit it like sort of shoulder height, and that's where he can really crush those plus ones and forehands. But on on grass, this just becomes a lot harder, and he's the contact point is changing a lot. And yeah, I mean, it's it's like a similar dilemma for a lot of these players. Hanfman, as well, is an example where on grass they they, they still have huge weapons. They still they still have the big serve, but actually their ground games are not quite as good as they would be in slower conditions. But yeah. you know, uh, Chris Eubanks right now reached the final in Mallorca, of course. Uh, I think on grass, his ground game is actually pretty poor compared to his hardcore one. But that doesn't really matter sometimes on grass. Sometimes you just, you know, you can finish the point, finish off the points early and that's really all you need. Of course, maybe it's not going to get you to a Wimbledon title, but it can easily get you to the second week. Yep. By the way, as we speak, Manorino won the first set in a tie break and it's, yeah, it's on serve in the second. But, uh, but yeah, if we go to this uh, final section... In yeah, the top the top part of the bottom half, uh, we obviously we we have Rude and Chorich, and obviously you know we know Rude has not really been preparing much for the grass right now, and he's yeah. he said yesterday that he's allergic to the grass as well, but he's been playing, you know he's been playing golf, just enjoying his life. He had a really long clay season, and you know been <laughs> basically doing everything but playing tennis on grass. So, uh, but but at the same time, I think this could have actually been worse for him. You know uh, this. The straw that he's in, you know, I mean, maybe Brody is potentially pretty tricky. Same with uh, Les Chien, that could get funky. But do you see, like, actually Casper going, like, you know, fairly deep? Fairly deep is, like, fourth round, but, like... Uh-huh. Fourth round is actually going to be pretty tough, I think. Like, whoever he plays out of these guys, like Shapovalov, Haris, Parver... Um, yeah, all of them just play so fast off the bounce. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, I think getting through either of them will like require just them to implode, which is, you know, it happens quite a lot, I think, with all of these guys. So maybe he actually has a chance. As you said, Brody Lestien is like is going to be a bit of a test. It's not going to be a, a, a test in terms of how he's going to play against Shapovalov, Haris, or Barer because you know, the playstyles are just so different. But it's just going to be a bit of a test in terms of like how much he actually practices and how much he actually like even wants it because yeah clearly motivation wise he still isn't in the right uh, headspace for grass and um, you know he, he's not a serious threat to go very deep here 
but it's not a it's not a bad section for him no it definitely could have been worse yeah um and i'm very fascinated to see who comes out of the harris barrer shapovalov gone yeah especially because i mean shapovalov just beat i uh, actually just got his first win over harris in 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 hala but then oh yeah but uh but in general the matchup has not been good for him and then I also think Barrera is quite dangerous on grass and anything fast-ish. Yeah, uh, anything slick, fast, yeah. low bouncing, he's going to be good. I mean, I, I remember in Miami where he just totally took apart Nori. Yeah. Uh, super easily, but like, yeah, and then, and then you know, Chapo, you know, I do actually kind of think three out of five is very good for Chapo in terms of because he's so up and down and so erratic. Yeah. The three out of five nature of it actually really helps where you can just, you know, be hot and cold for one set and off the boil the next and that kind of thing. Because actually that's kind of what's saving a season so far. Like just those two runs basically in the third round of to Australia, third round to Rolling Heroes. I don't think beyond that, I don't think he's ever even won two or three matches in a row in any other event. So I would say, you know, maybe I could see something like that happening in Wimbledon where he just, this is a good section if he gets out of those first two. Rounds, but I I have no clue honestly who's coming out of this section. No idea. Like I could see a million different. I could see like eight or eight players or so coming out, especially even in the top half. Like you know you have Wute and you have Safiulin, you know RBA. Like Chorich is he really going to do much? Like I don't you know I just I have so many questions on this. <laughs> I mean, guy like Chorich, you know, Adran Garros, we also weren't that fond of his chances, but he just sort of took advantage of what he had. And I think he yeah. very well could do it here again. This has to be one of the weakest. Was it Echeverry? Echeverry, yeah. Um, like he, he very easily ha- could could do could do it again here. Like he just plays Pella, he plays Bonzi or Mayo. That has to be one of the like weakest sessions of the draw. Yeah. Uh, Bonzi maybe not necessarily in general, but just because he is struggling with his health right now and like barely coming back. Right, hasn't won in in a while. Um, Gasquet. Two-time Wimbledon semi-finalist. I know it was a long while ago, but on grass he actually still looks very decent. Yeah. Mute Gasquet, that that's a very like um, aesthetically pleasing match. Of course, a lot of different spins, and um, I, I I actually think Bautista Good is probably going to be the one coming out of this, uh, just be, just based on how he looks in Halle. Uh, of course, he's a phenomenal grass player. He hasn't really looked like it uh, this year. Like um, you know, he he just hasn't had a good year. He looks like the decline has set in a little bit. However, yeah, just based on how he looked in Halle, I think I'm pretty confident in his, in his chances here. Um, uh, yeah, to go deep at Wimbledon again. But, you know, let's see. I don't know. Maybe someone like Shapovalov wins his first three rounds and then is unplayable in the fourth. It could happen. And I agree with what you said. Yeah, just dropping one set in a best of five match, it, it's not the end of the world. So, so it's actually pretty good for him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pella is also a former quarterfinalist in 2019. He's not at that level right now at all. But... Yeah. That was one of the wildest runs ever, right? You said so I'm downing in the round edge. Oh, my God. I'm, yeah, not, but... I'm not saying he didn't, like, deserve it. He actually no, played St. Janus. He played decent. He ne- never would have done it, like, 20 years ago, right? But, like, on, on the current version of Grass, it actually made sense. But you never would have guessed it, predicted it, or whatever. Yeah. I don't hate the RBA pick. It's just that his major results haven't been great since 2019 Wimbledon apart. I mean, actually, he did get to the fourth round of Australia this year and lost to Taiwan to Tommy Paul. Yeah. So it's not... But it was not like a confident... Kind of, but, 
I know he, he was think his success day, to love down days. against uh, Holt, right? He was yeah. success to love down against Holt. Correct. It was not exactly a confident run, but at at, at Rangaris he was just injured against Shank. Uh, I'm sorry, Shank against Varias. So um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I don't hate that. I mean, I, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say Shapoval of catches fire a little bit here. I could I could see it. Like I just think it's a good section. So yeah, oh. Uh, yeah, he's my pick to get out of this horse round. I don't feel great about it, but uh, you know, why not? Uh, and then, and then this section right here. I mean, we have Rublev and Orgelyasim. You know, I actually think I have a bit of a hot take. I, have, and I, I don't know if it's really a hot take, but I actually think Felix could go on a big run here. Not many people are talking about him. He's not that good at all. I understand he hasn't. He's been basically injured or hurt since that Indian Wells quarterfinal, uh, but. I don't know. Like I, I have some kind of a feeling that he might just. This could be the tournament where he just comes out of the funk, and I don't hate his draw. Uh, I think you know. I think Krajinovic is very winnable, and you know. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't go by like exhibition matches or anything like that, but it's just that, like he looks healthy. So if he's healthy, and it's three out of five, same thing with Dennis. You know, and and he loves playing on grass. Like that's easily his best. It was easily his best surface, especially in twenty twenty one. And last year he was just so unfortunate with the with the whole Cressy thing and the tie breaks and he, I think he was poised to make a deep run there had he come through the Cressy match. But I, you know, I mean, I know we have Bublik in there as well, <laughs> and I guess I guess that's another one that I'm fascinated by just because of the, uh, yeah, just because of how insanely well he served in Allah, like this over exceeded himself in the serving department. Which is not easy to do, and this is a guy who like leads the tour in aces. So it's this might be like the most open section of them all. I think. <laughs> I honestly like if, if you told me that Luca Vanash is getting to the quarters. Okay, maybe I, I would be surprised. Sebastian Baez, yes, uh, but if you I don't know um, choose Thomas Barrios Vera to make the quarters, oh, yeah, I wouldn't even be that surprised. Like this, this section is just completely wild. <laughs> wouldn't see that happening. I, I I can actually see it. You know, he he has such a aggressive flat hitting baseline game. Uh, he has qualified for Wimbledon in the past. He has qualified for the Australian Open. He's definitely like not your typical um, clay court specialist. Very good opening. Very good chance in the opening round here, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Rublev, Ozerlisim. I just don't feel confident about them at all. Rublev on grass is probably not a top ten player. Like he's just. Now, he's going to get through some rounds usually, but I, I'm not going to pick him to, to go deep. Not really. Felix, I mean, what, what you're saying, I think it's ba it's mostly just a hunch. You know, there, there's no logic behind it. Like, I know. You know the, the way he's learned... It really isn't, but it's just, you know... I know. I mean, it, he, sh he should at some point get a run. I remember I was, I was, I was picking him to go very deep in uh, Madrid um, because it just felt like, you know, the conditions are so good for him. He lost to Lajovic. You know, maybe if he beats Lajovic, he does an Alcaraz in Queens. Maybe maybe something like this can happen here. You know, he plays one tough match and then sort of plays himself into form. As he said, Krajinovic is not a threat right now. Martere, Goyo, big servers, but not really much, um, you know, not offering that much besides it, I guess, on grass especially. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bublik, um, I, he's probably going to be a popular Dark Horse contender here. Uh, but, you know, if he has to get through McDonald and then, let's say, Wolf, 
to get to the fairground. It's not that easy, and especially with public. I could see him faltering in either, in either match. Yeah, history of motivational issues. I really have no clue who's going to win this this quarter. Um, yeah. yeah, Kyrgios, of course, last year he would have been my pick probably, but yeah, right now it just seems like he rushed his return a little bit, and yeah, just have to see how he looks. Maybe Gofan does it again. Was he in the quarters last year? Like it was forefront quarters, something like that, right? It was quarters, yeah. Quarters, Had yeah. Five setter against Nori. Then he beat yeah. Tiafo in the fourth round as well. Another match, which, yeah, I mean, Tiafo had many chances to win, but no. Gofan, I think, uh, yeah, two time quarterfinalist. So, yeah. Um, 2019 as well. But he was up or a set, or maybe was tied with Novak once at all. But yeah, it was. Uh, straight sets, but he had. No, it was straight sets. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I probably just remembered that he was really close to winning one then. Mm. Uh, but yeah, certainly, um, certainly, I would say that uh, he could be among the contenders, just like almost everyone here could be among the contenders. Yeah. If you said go fan, now, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I could, I could really see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could see, yeah, I could see go. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't see Bublik keeping up this motivation and that kind of serving and. Three out of five sets, and you know, also you add the hollow curse on top of it. So I just, uh, and, and also just like I, you know, these first two rounds are not easy. At all. Like, yeah, I, I was definitely not. I was definitely confusing something about that Wimbledon match. Yeah, never mind, never mind. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Felix. Fair. Um, I don't have the balls to say Barrios Vera. I also don't think it's actually right to do that. Uh, I I just think it would be pretty funny if he if he made it. So I I'm, I'm gonna go with Gofeu. Let's uh, let's try it. Um, I'm just gonna assume that Kyrgios is still not hundred percent, and Gofeu just produces another miracle Wimbledon run where it seems like you know he cannot do it anymore, and then he does it because he oh, like in some matches in some sets this year he has been pretty excellent. Uh, they haven't been that frequent. However, I think like his current ranking is kind of harsh on him actually. Right. And it usually takes him a few tournaments to get... Like, he usually doesn't look good at all after these comebacks um, in the first five or six events that he plays. And then, like, he'll show flashes of it, and then suddenly he'll have that one run where, okay, like, now he's back at the top 50. And usually Wimbledon has been a good spot for that. Because yeah. 2019, and then also, also last year, I mean, it didn't even get any points for it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if if Wimbledon had awarded points, he would be very firmly inside the top one hundred still. So, but uh, yeah, now we now we get to this uh, the the huge favorite Djokovic, of course, to win to win the eighth Wimbledon title. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better draw, honestly. Well, but I'm I'm not sure that any draw really would have been tricky at this point. So. I think that's it's important to clarify that, but I think yeah, I mean this is just I just don't see any way that he doesn't get to the quarters at all without maybe even get there without dropping a set. There's one there's one player here that I think he would have liked to have avoided in this draw, and I think it's Hurkacz. Yeah, um, but uh, but I know he has never lost to him. I mean, he has never lost to him. However, um, they've had a great match at Wimbledon in the past. Even if I think uh, that Hurkacz has not improved basically at all since 2021, he definitely has improved since 2019. Mm. Um, he was still really raw back then. 
And yeah, I just think it would be a, tr a, a tricky forefront for, for, for Novak here. Otherwise, can't really see him losing to anyone. Like Jordan Thompson, he has been so excellent on grass, but I just don't think he has that sort of caliber and the playstyle as well to, to hurt Novak. Um, Rusevori, a pretty big game, but nah, I just cannot see it in the best of five much either. Musetti has really improved on grass, it seems. Like his flat serve has been killer. You know, the creativity is really shining, but yeah, I just don't I think... Your match worries me a little bit, just a tad. Uh, um... The in Musetti, but I definitely agree with you that ah for Musetti for Musetti yeah, okay for because Musetti. like amongst uh, Musetti and Hurkacz, I would say Hurkacz is trickier. Oh, definitely, for, and Hurkacz also is like guaranteed to make the third round. Yeah. Like, there's basically no chance he blows it. I think, um, just just yeah, just the serve will just be too good. I think for for both for either of these guys, you know, Ramos, Vinola, Slayovic, Hoinski, neither of them can really play on grass, and uh, I don't know if he actually gets through Isler or Musetti. That that's not that easy, but I think he is probably Novak's toughest test. Maybe even until the semis, if they play. Yeah. That but doesn't mean that it's actually really tough, right? But yeah, I, I I very much echo that sentiment of yours. That probably no draw that we could have imagined was gonna be tough here. But it, it, this one is actually pretty easy for Novak, it seems. Yeah. Other than that, maybe slightly tricky forefront. Right. I would actually like to see Nakashima get to the second round. Just to face Djokovic once. Just because, like, I, I think like, he, Nakashima really knows Djokovic's game. Like, it, it won't be a situation where, like, I don't think, like, he'll walk into stadium court or something mm -hmm. and be totally awed by the occasion and be overwhelmed. Like, I, I think he can actually hang. And is he going to win? No, absolutely not. Is he going to win a set? Probably not. But I could see, you know, I could see, like, for example, the games being pretty tight. I could see him have a few chances early on. Like, I could see... But I, I, you know, that Thompson match, I would make Thompson the favorite in the first round for sure. But, you know, this, I don't know. Like, these two have played each other like four times now. And it's, you know, Nakashima. Is... It, it, it's not super easy for Thompson, even though he's had such a such a great grass season. But I don't know. Just the thing that I really have started, like, it, it started annoying me about Nakashima the past couple of years is that, um, I mean, he's just doesn't have that sort of big match red line quality. He kind of always plays the same. And yeah, that's why I just never really like picking him. But his to level was just have any absence. First half of last year, for sure. It's just oh yeah. I also think he's just. I, I also don't know if he's figured out the whole injury issues because he still is. Uh, still has been wearing kinesio tape, and he's been he was out for a long time. I mean, yeah. uh, and just you know, basically any of the any of the chances he would have had to build on his ranking in the first half of this year. I mean, now he has a lot to defend. So I just. Even if he, I mean, not at Wimbledon, but then, you know, obviously he has the Santiago title and other runs as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is this is about as good as it gets, I think, for Djokovic. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, so I have Djokovic-Felix, I have Djokovic, like, who are your semifinals and winner, I guess? That's um, let's say Alcaraz. Um, I think in that second quarter, I, I think I remember saying that Korda was probably likely to get to the semis, so I'm going to say Alcaraz-Korda. I cannot really go for Korda there after seeing Queen's Club. Uh, I thought this was going to be a much closer match. Well, much closer match, yeah. I, I thought that semi-final was going to be much closer when they played, but um, yeah, I just cannot really go for it. And who are my quarter-finalists in the fifth and sixth section? Uh, I cannot remember. Um, I didn't really say if it was going to be Sinner or Fritz, I guess. 
and then I had Bautista good. Okay, so yeah, let, let's just say that from the fifth or the sixth section, someone wild is going to come out. I don't know who, that, who that's going to be, but he's just going to lose to Djokovic, obviously. And then we have the Djokovic-Alcaraz final. I kind of have a feeling that if they actually play at Wimbledon, it's going to be closer than people expect. But I cannot go against Novak, obviously. Yeah, I have the same feeling. I think Alcaraz, what happened at Roland Garros is not going to happen this time around. And I think he's yeah. much, much better prepared if they play each other. in the, And I, I actually think in some ways this, it's going to help on this in this matchup, even it's going to help on grass. Then... That at Rolling Garros, where yeah, I mean, they were they were also just you know tactically, you could see like it was just going to be really tough to keep up that level for. He was kind of struggling to like stay offensive, right? At, at Rolling Garros, like it it was just the the end of set two that that he like he really started blasting some forehands on grass. He can just come out and do that probably. Yeah, and and I think you know the service improved to to a to enough extent that he didn't yeah. have to worry about you know. For instance, they're losing server time. Like he can just, uh, he can just basically play plus one tennis and just, yeah, very automatic, class, more natural instincts. In that sense, you can really see the, the federalness of his game in terms of like the in- aggressive intent and mm-hmm. coming forward. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, this is a guy who could win more Wimbledon's than Ron Garros is. Would not shock me. It shouldn't shock anyone really. Um, yeah, I mean. And also, he's just he's just such a good player all around that, yeah. I mean, it, that's why it's always such a debate, like which surfaces he is is he better on. But I think, I think if he were to play Djokovic here, I, I can't predict him to win. Just yeah, cannot do it. I feel it will be closer than people think, but I cannot do it. Just cannot. But I think we actually ended up with the same semi. I mean, do you have Sinner in the semis? Um, I mean, I just said it's going to be someone who's going to lose to Djokovic. I don't so, really think it matters enough yeah uh, do i think it's gonna be sinner i'm gonna say it's gonna be someone else i don't know um let's let's keep going bautista good i mean it's, it just oh doesn't my God. okay it just doesn't matter you know yeah. you're gonna be the semi <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be sinner fritz uh bautista good who else was there shapovalov uh, yeah i have shapovalov center so. it's just it's just a pretty weak quarter in general and um i don't think it really matters that much yeah Okay, cool. So I mean, as I guess we both have Djokovic winning, but I think you know we have some. We we did a good job, I think, sort of breaking it down section by section, and yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Can't wait for it all to start on Monday, and thanks as always for doing this. No worries. Um, just as excited as you are for sure. Great. Yep. And with that, you can leave a review on on iTunes, uh, Apple. You can. Connect with us on Twitter and actually, David, where can we follow you on on Twitter for the listeners? Um, yeah, it's just my name, um, Damien Kust. If you type it into Twitter, you should find it. Yeah, there. Uh, Pretty simple. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, and with that, yeah, we'll see you soon. And yeah, we'll we'll have a women's preview, obviously, also coming up uh, as well. And I think actually, David Girdler from All About Tennis is going to be joining me for that one. So that should be a lot of fun as well. But that, yeah. Cheers, and yeah, thank you again, Damien.